Hello beings everywhere. I'm Rachel Crookshank and this is Human Being to Whole Being, changing the way we look at health. Each week I'll be talking to somebody new about what health means to them. I'm on a mission to make well-being less about size or shape and more about our feelings, our energies and our relationships and so much more. It's time we start to look at the body as a whole and realise that all aspects of our day-to-day lives feed into a sense of health and well-being. Whole being is exactly this, from what we eat, our morning rituals, to finding professional and personal boundaries or being in nature. What makes you feel whole? Stay tuned. Hello everyone and welcome to episode seven. I'm here with Jenny Dean, also known as Flow With Intuition. Yes, hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Often I don't record these on Wednesdays, so it's actually quite nice to do it on a Wednesday. It's really nice. I feel like I'm to stand in the sun as well. We have stood in the sun, it's beautiful weather here. So lovely. How are you doing? I'm good, yeah. Good. Really good. Good. I've actually just kind of thrown in the deep end there. I didn't even give you any warning I was about to start. Yeah, don't worry, it's fine. I'm happy. Let's go. Got a cup of tea with that oat milk. Good. That's how I like to hear it. So, um, (laughs) tell me about what you do, Jenny. Um, so I am founder of Intuition, mm-hmm. um, a well-being company that I set up earlier this year, um, and I'm a yoga teacher. So I offer um, yoga teaching at um, in offices and corporate um, and consultancy, um, and I teach yoga in a couple of studios as well. Yeah. Um, I'm a sound healer, so wow. um, I've got a Tibetan a set of Tibetan singing bowls that I bought back from Nepal. Um, last year on my travels. We were just talking about Nepal. Yeah. So you also did the Annapurna Base Camp? Yes. Annapurna Base Camp. Mm-hmm. And I did Annapurna Circuit. Yeah, the most oh, the most incredible trip. Oh, how so amazing good. is Nepal? I know, like, I love India as well, but I think, for me, there's, like, just a special part in my heart for Nepal. Yeah. I had the most amazing trip there. I went with my sister. Oh, it was so good. And trekking as well. The trekking is just incredible. Like, the trekking, views through the layers and... I think trekking is the perfect example of, like, meditation can be anything. Like, yeah. for me, we I think we were there for three weeks and it was, like, the most meditative time because you just got, like, no sounds apart from, like, nature yeah. and your boots on the ground oh and then obviously occasional chit-chat and whatnot. Yeah. But, like, for long stretches and many hours a day, yeah. you hear nothing but your boots on the ground, which yeah. is just incredible yeah and I, I thought the same to be honest and just being out walking and you know and, and trekking along and it, being out in nature generally yeah. like you don't really think about much yeah. unless you're just taking your surroundings yeah. and you yeah it's, it's meditative in a way definitely how and, long were you there for um so I did a two-week trek okay. I was in Nepal for three weeks in total Maybe. but um yeah it was it was the most incredible experience and and just the people and yeah, the views around the Himalayas was just incredible. Did you get altitude sickness or anything? What was um, the highest altitude you got to? Uh, 4,200 metres. So I was kind of okay. Still, quite Still high, really high, it? but yeah, I was okay. I what's actually. What's like um, Mont Blanc? Like, what's that? That's 4,800. Okay, so. 4,800. Pretty much on yeah. that. Yeah, like, pretty much. Bad, and that was it? only base camp as well. So yeah. <laughs> the top of Mont Blanc is 4,800. And... Yeah, base camp at Annapurna, I think he's 4,150 or something. Right. And that's how high I got. Um, but yeah, people were helicoptered down at that height. Yeah, so just, I know. It does kind of get you. When we were going up to... So we went up to Thoronga Pass, which is like the highest point in that region, I think. I'm not sure. Yeah, it is, I think, um, yeah. And yeah, there was like a big thing of how mm. you have to take it really slow and you go up a little bit and then often come down a little bit and then up again, which yeah. is so frustrating as well. Like that's another aspect of, I suppose, meditation because... 
at that point you're like just get me to the top I've had enough of this like I'm dying I'm struggling and then it's like are we gonna go down again yeah and it's like what like I have to repeat this like I found that really tough yeah um but then so when I was talking to Danny the other week he was saying like to some extent everybody should struggle Mm. in terms of like stress the body push your body physically and mentally and for me it was exactly that like at the time it was so like one of if not the toughest things I've ever had to do and then you do it yeah and you, your body's just capable you're and then you're like wow yeah. do it again I think Definitely. my sister we got down to the bottom my sister was like should we come back next year I was like I'm not ready for that yet <laughs> she had like fared way better than I had I, I remember like feeling horrendous but. yeah I actually might like I had no symptoms I was a little bit tired and I couldn't been tired in the day and couldn't sleep at night which mm. is kind of the altitude um sickness kind of kicking in a little bit but Maybe it's just the effects of altitude, but I actually had the opposite in terms of appetite. I was so hungry, even at the really? top, and the all the tea houses and things. The meals are so huge. Oh I actually God, yeah. was there, like sort of devouring all Piles this pasta of and yeah, rice and yeah. stuff, and the dal bat as well, oh which is just God. incredible. For me, it's like um, the tali they had. It's, yeah, oh, so you could good. just eat that every single day. Know, so good for you. Um, um, so, but, where did yeah. the pool come? Was that part of your like travels? Yeah, yeah. So I guess yeah. Going back to it was last year. I went to. Um, Sri Lanka, India, Nepal, and kind of just stayed in that region for seven months. Mm. Um, previously to that, I was living and working in London. Okay. Um, in a completely different job now. So obviously with intuition, yoga, mm. and sound healing, and doing corporate yoga, and trying to consult companies in terms yeah. of how yoga and well-being can be part of their um, businesses for their employees. That's kind of what I'm doing now. But for previously for that, before that was. Um, and before traveling was, um, I was working at a media agency in London, um, and I'd worked in the media industry for eight years. Wow. So you grew up here, didn't you, in Manchester? Yeah, I'm from Manchester. Yeah. Um, moved to London in 2012. Was that like, like university? What, what took you there? Was that a job? Yeah, or? it was, a, it was yeah. a job. I was kind of, I was working up here, um, at a media agency. Yeah. Um, so started in media, um, after a little bit of traveling, uh, after uni. So mm. I think, yeah, I got into media at like age 22. Okay. And then I was working up here in media for two years and then decided with a couple of mates to move to London. Yeah. You know, by that point we were like 25, yeah. wanting to just, you know, sort of bright city lights of London, loads of good jobs. Yeah. Media was fun down there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it took us down to London. Um, I was there for seven years. Wow. Um, and I think it was around the sort of six year mark that I was, um, the five and a half, six year mark. I'd just been on a trip to Bali in 2017. Um, and then came back to London. Came back yeah. to London. It was just a, it was just a holiday yeah. to Bali. I was there with um, with a couple of mates for three weeks, but it kind of opened my eyes to I really need to travel again. I'd yeah. done it in my early twenties, and I thought I really need to travel again. Um, so I started saving up to travel again after I came yeah. back from Bali. Um, that was like early 2017, and realised so that, that I point, wanted to leave London. Okay, so I was going to yeah. say like was so obviously you went to Bali and thought I want to travel more. Yeah, but like, where was the like did the two kind of come together of like okay maybe I've had enough a of little London bit as well. yeah it was very much um yeah so that was like early 2017 came up from Bali thought I want to travel again but also yeah. I know eventually I do want to move back up to Manchester mm. um and and then it was like a six month period of kind of like forgot about that for a little yeah. bit and got back straight back Distracted. into work yeah. yeah and then I felt very stressed out towards the end of 2017 okay. really really stressed and with the media industry as well, wherever it is, especially in London, it's very social. You're yeah. kind of like burning the candle at both ends. Yeah. Which I've I never worked like... in it, but I know the friends who have, it's quite alcohol-filled, yeah. I hear. And, very boozy. And yeah. lots of like... And I mean, 
to some extent, I think lots of jobs in London are that. Yeah. But you can you know, having to like socialize and meet clients and meet, um, you know, whoever else like yeah. sales and stuff like that as well. And like, it's really fun, but you know, trying to find that balance can be a bit hard sometimes. Mm. Um, Were you into yoga at that point? Yeah, I was doing it a little bit. Um, so a friend of mine was working. Um, as a publisher um, okay. at L, and she kind of took herself off. Um, lovely lady called Jane Ellis. She's a Kundalini yoga teacher, and she does that full time now. She's wow. kind of left the publishing and media world behind. And I started going to her classes, and she's a Kundalini teacher, and I kind of like dove straight into yoga with wow. Kundalini because it kind of drew me <laughs> the spiritual. Fire. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was more the spiritual side of it yeah. that I was drawn to, which Kundalini is very like yoga. strong with. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely less this. Um, less the physical side of yoga more the spiritual side and um, it's really so, interesting because yeah. and, and even for me and a lot of people I've spoken to for me it was like I just wanted to work out and mm. obviously now I know it's so much more than that but I think that's how a lot of people get into yoga as opposed to I'm searching for something deeper yeah yeah well yes yeah, I guess I was potentially the opposite with that yeah. then um so yeah kundalini kind of drew me into it and then I was um going to frame um and they obviously do yoga at frame so I was going to different yoga classes there, vinyasa and yin and stuff at frame yeah so i was kind of mixing it up by the end got some really good teachers there as well yeah really good yeah yeah. so um yeah i was doing various um types of yoga doing a few sound baths and sound group sound baths and stuff Mm. um, and workshops um, around london just to kind of like switch off from you know from a stressful kind of stressful life Mm. really um and then it kind of all got a little bit on top of me and i um, had been meaning to like research meditation for a while. I was using Headspace and mindfulness apps and stuff. Was and that because? So what? What drove you then to like, you know, I know obviously that this wasn't like a few months ago, was it? This was quite a few years ago. Yeah, this. Was and I know like now, two years ago, meditation mindfulness is I think maybe a bit more, and there's a bit more talk about it, but I think maybe less so then. So yeah, the that I think so. Yeah, was that like? to do with your mental health was that feeling burnt out tired what were you experiencing yeah definitely so this was about those six months where I kind of just forgot about the traveling plan and just got straight back into work and this was like November 2017 so two years ago and it was so I went to um Will Williams meditation at that time Vedic meditation yeah Vedic meditation and I just kind of threw myself straight into it and um that's where you get a mantra and yeah. you're given an, your own personal mantra which is a Sanskrit word or Sanskrit sound yeah. um, and that kind of fascinated me again so very sort of the spiritual mm. side of it but also really needing that tool to kind of deal with um, yeah. stress and yeah. feeling a bit burnt out and stuff and you had quite a strong reaction to that right? yeah I did yeah the, the first kind of sit down with a meditation teacher um, he asked me like why I'd come there and why I wanted to get into meditation and I was burst into tears yeah. and I didn't really like verbalize why I needed needed to be there oh, maybe you didn't even realize yourself no something yeah. had obviously drawn you there yeah so I was given my mantra um something you could kind of like never say out loud or give yeah, to another person or I, even write down I did try and get it out of Jenny she didn't tell me <laughs> yeah. yeah that's the first thing you asked me actually <laughs> yeah. like, what's your word what's your mantra I'm just so nosy <laughs> um I like need all the facts yeah, yeah. but even afterwards I, I said to the teacher I said okay so I've been given this mantra does it what does it mean it, yeah. said it, it doesn't have a meaning don't try and seek the meaning out it's just a word um yeah. it's actually a Sanskrit sound that yeah. um you will just repeat over and over so I said it out loud with him repeated it a few times times he told me to start to whisper it and then take it inside mm. and just say it to myself inside and then 
within yeah 20 minutes later he he sort of dinged a little bell and yeah. said well done you've done your first meditation and did he speak at all in that time no we just sort of so took the mantra silence, slower yeah. and then i was meditating on this mantra and it was yeah the first sort of 20 minutes of my meditation i just I didn't even know i was doing it it was Fell a, into an abyss yeah it really really did it's so powerful and, and it really is powerful at the start mm. when you first get into it as well would you recommend that for a complete beginner um, well, yeah, I yeah. think so. Well, maybe not a complete beginner. Maybe, you know, people that, like I curious. have been, yeah, a little bit curious, have been, you know, playing around with mindfulness apps and things like that and, and Headspace or, you know, those kinds of, um, those tools that really help, um, which I had been doing as well. Um, but I, I was really drawn to Vedic meditation and read a little bit about it mm. and the history of it and things. Yeah. It's, it's from uh, Vedic civiliza- civilizations yeah. 10,000 years ago in sort of northern India and yeah. Nepal and stuff. So. so this was still before you'd been travelling. Mm, yeah. Um, and then do you think, like, I guess I'm curious because now I think we're probably both quite aware of our decisions mm. and what we're doing and, and the things that we're doing is always to try and live happier and live healthier because that's just kind of what we're doing yeah but I guess it for me like when I started doing all these things that now I'm doing all the time yeah it was just kind of a bit like not really knowing what I needed or what I wanted but knowing that I needed and wanted something more yeah so do you think it was the same for you like what was leading you I guess I'm just curious like (laughs) what was like going through your mind at this time when you realise something wasn't quite right because there's going to be loads of people out there who mm. are in a job or living a life or yeah. having habits that they know are like, this isn't quite right. Mm. So what do you do if you're that person or what were you going through as that person? Yeah, so I guess coming out of um, finding meditation and that really helped me. So I implemented that into my daily life, started meditating on that mantra for 20 minutes um, every day and that kind of really got me into a much better headspace and that's Mm. when I made the decision to go away leave London Mm. travel for a few months and I didn't really have a time limit on that and but what really was leading me to that decision was knowing that I had to do something different and I didn't want to be doing the same career anymore I wanted a change Um, I didn't really know what the path was I just know that I really wanted to go to India and you know getting into meditation really helped me sort of make the decision as to where to go I was like I really need to go to India I feel almost yeah, being drawn there yeah, yeah. yeah and I wanted to go trekking in Nepal um but that's kind of yeah so it was kind of late 2017 early 2018 when I made that decision and um and I you started were, what, talking late 20s at that point yeah uh tw- 30. 30 yeah okay. I just, so it was around the 30 mark okay. as well which some people could say you know for maybe sure. that's a little bit transformative you kind of start to think oh my god I'm 30 but for me it wasn't a specific I'm 30 I need to change right. what I'm doing it was just, just happened around that time yeah um so what really led me to that and I've always been very sort of um interested in just doing what feels right for you mm. which is why I've kind of been so strongly drawn to intuition um as something that we all have within us um that we can follow or learn to follow or you know build the skills to really sort of flow with that which is why i've I've called the company that i founded intuition Intuition. well-being and um flowing with life a little bit and really just going with what feels right for you and what feels good for you um so yeah following your intuition is kind of how i approach 2018 as a year gave up my job um everyone was like oh my god it's so amazing I really want to go traveling like just do it yeah um so I went off last September and um started in Sri Lanka went through to India and India just completely changed my life it was the best experience um I went to quite a few places I kind of went all over um 
started in the south because I came up from Sri Lanka and then went up to Rajasthan, yeah. um, Goa, um, into the north, into the Himalayas of India as well, and then went over into Nepal. Um, so all of that kind of just, yeah, and why I say it changed my life is because I just kind of saw something and a way of life that I'd never seen before, really. Yeah. Like, I had been to Asia previously, like, been to Thailand in my early yeah. 20s and stuff, but there's something about India that really drew me to... India's just... Oh, I know. Yeah. It gives just, you, like, shivers thinking about being in India. Yeah. I just feel... It's just so... I mean, and it's quite similar in some ways to, like, Nepal and similar to Sri Lanka, but... Yeah. I think it's just, like, the pace of life, mm. and I remember the first time I went to India, which is probably, like probably like six or seven years ago now um and you see people who live in like makeshift shacks on the side of like what essentially is like their highway or their motorway and they're there like sweeping it cleaning it you know like pruning like these little flowers or putting out little offerings or and they just look like the happiest people and they've got absolutely nothing yeah and yet somehow they find you know, happiness yeah. in that, and, it's just and such they a do simple... look genuinely happy and, yeah. and at peace and yeah. calm, and mm-hmm. and in and it was just such a shock because in today's world, and even me as well, like I'm not perfect. Like I know I've got so much, and I still want things, and yeah. aren't, and I'm not happy, and get annoyed, and and you just it was just such a like like stark contrast and realization, yeah. And it's just such an important reminder, I think, for especially people in the West, obviously a generalisation, but generally the way we live our life and the pace we live our lives and... And London's like that, but like ten times worse. Yeah, I, think. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was it was strange going from yeah the pace of life around India from different places, so sort of beachside and into the yeah. mountains was slower. But then going somewhere like Delhi and Jaipur and oh those fast paced cities, sensational overload. Yeah. yeah, but it was like it, yeah, and you can compare it to you know the fast paced city of London, but in a way it was so different because people's values are very different over there yeah. I've found as well and like you say the sort of India versus the West is something that freedom, I really noticed I think, as well. yeah definitely it's, it's how, I mean and I don't know whether that's just my perception but it, it everyone just seems almost more free I don't know maybe that's not correct but well that's what yeah that's how you found it yeah. and that's how it makes you feel maybe yeah. when you're there too god it's so great yeah it is did so, you find it hard to change your mentality like so you flew straight away to Sri Lanka, which yes. is super chilled. Mm-hmm. You know, again, obviously like big cities, but yes. generally I think much more chilled yeah. and less sensationally overwhelming than yeah. India. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, did you find it hard to t- kind of transition, I guess, from being in London, working all hours to... Not at all. No, <laughs> it was like, I, I really needed it. <laughs> yeah, no, yes. I got, yeah, I got to Sri Lanka and then... Yeah, it was sort of in the south of India after that, yeah. really chilling out. And then I got to Rajasthan got where beaches. it got a bit crazy. Yeah. yeah, but no, not at all. I was so ready for it and I was so confident in my decision to have left and um, so travel. I really want to ask you then about that because I have, like, how how are you confident? How is it possible to be confident? In our, and, and you're saying about intuitions and I, you know, mm. obviously I talk about like gut feeling a lot yes, and that exactly. sort of thing. But yeah. How do we know when we've made the right decisions? Do we know if we've made the right decision? 
Yeah. Or is it like, if it doesn't feel wrong, maybe it's right. Or if it does feel wrong, probably it's not right. Yeah. I think that's definitely it for me is if it feels right, go with it. And maybe if it starts to feel wrong, you can readdress it. Mm. Um, And And know that you don't have to stick with your original decision. Yeah, exactly. And don't get me wrong, like nothing's perfect with kind of following your intuition and, you know, doing something completely different to my old career. It is scary at times and I have complete like meltdown moments and, you know, I've had a panic attack over a financial spreadsheet because I'm like, what do I do with this? Yeah. I'm suddenly self-employed and doing my own thing, and I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. Um. So you know, and there's you know, there's been days where I'm like, am I really doing the right thing? Should I just take the easy route and go back to you know find jobs up here in Manchester that mm. I could get back into media and mm. uh, digital media and consultancy and stuff? But I'm sticking with it until you know. <laughs> completely. But like, also, how long have you been back from travelling? Uh, I got back in April, March, April. So not even a year. No, and not even a year. You know, I think it takes time, and I think that's something I have to remind myself about regularly like Mm. for me like yeah moving from being like in full-time employment to not is not Mm. being that long at all yeah and I think part of life is breakdown moments Mm. part of life is having those meltdowns and I always say to people like you know say if someone comes to see me and they they say they're suffering from anxiety Mm. and I'm like yoga and meditation can help but they will help your ability to cope with those things rather than your they won't remove stress they won't necessarily well they might remove anxiety to some extent but yeah stressors are like part of life like financial spreadsheets unfortunately are part of life to some extent you know you have to deal with that side of things but I think it's more about our ability to cope when they come up but also know that like if you have a meltdown that's just kind of part of the bumps and like the ebbs and the flows of life like what you're saying is like the flow and that's going to happen it yeah. doesn't matter you know it doesn't matter if you have a meltdown or exactly. you know we all do and almost allowing that to happen is the best thing to do and allow whatever emotions are there to express themselves yeah and you learn from it as well don't yeah. you that sounds too cliche but yeah. you do learn from sort of like failures or negative experiences and you well, kind I of think a- you need to i think yeah. you need to be open to i think it's very easy to pass things off as like weaknesses mm. or um yeah or like failures Mm -hmm. or not being strong enough or you know I think it's okay to to accept that like none of us are perfect and then try and find a way to learn from it like I know for me when I have those meltdown moments often it's because I've run myself into the ground and I've been way too busy and I've been giving too much yeah and then you you have that breakdown moment and it's like the world like smacking you in the face being like just stop and listen to your body yeah and then you do and then hopefully you do yeah and then you hopefully you can make changes yeah but i think think it's very easy not to learn from those things as well yeah definitely and just kind of bury your head in the sand and hopefully don't pop up again yeah but yeah go i guess going back to coping mechanisms and stuff that's kind of why i got into yoga obviously um starting into yoga and then going Mm. into meditation i kind of um, you know you build resilience into into your life with those yeah. uh, you know they, they are coping mechanisms and they can really help you in tougher times if you're mm. feeling a bit more grounded because you do practice yoga or you do practice meditation and you know you go to a yoga class every week and it makes you feel really good mm. and then the next day you're feeling really like oh I can take on you know this potentially really hard day at work because of this this practice that Definitely. you've implemented into your life so that's kind of what I that's the um, direction I'm going in now is I'm going to stick with um, my own company and trying to build that up and, you know, practice yoga myself, but also help, you know, instill it into companies, for example. That's going back to the sort of trying to consult on, on um, well-being programs within companies and working with one in Manchester at the moment, which is sort of 
um, my first client, as it were, which feels yeah. great. Um, and yeah, I'm hoping to just help their employees feel a little bit more grounded and, um, you know, able to take on the working day mm. through yoga and sound healing. Yeah. Um, is is that's the sort of simple concept of my business at the moment. Yeah. And I do want to get into other other avenues as well. Um, um, so I'm going through some coaching training at the moment, which I'm hoping to kind of implement that into. Um, bringing that like mind body connection to people's careers so mm. I'll you know like you do one-on-one nutrition mm. appointments and clients I'll potentially have one-on-ones but I'll also like to work with so would that be more from like well. almost like a, a like a life coaching sort of aspect or would would like what so say I was coming to you as a client mm. what would I be looking for um so I don't know if, if I'll call myself a life coach I'm not no. really yeah not really define what it will be yet but the coaching skill. So I've got the coaching training as part of another part-time job that I do. All the fingers and all the pies. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, so I work as a associate tutor and a personal development coach at um, UA92, which is a university in Manchester. Yeah. And as part of the coaching side of things, I've been put on coaching training, which I've been really grateful for because mm-hmm. I can use it within the university with the students, yeah. but also hopefully um, I can bring it into the intuition side of things yeah. for um for other companies too and if you came to me as a client or if you were working at a company that I potentially yeah. would work with in the future what that would mean would be that I, w- I would be able to offer you potentially um, yoga and um, mindfulness meditation as well because I'm hoping to go on some uh, mindfulness meditation training in the new year um, but also the coaching skills that I've kind of picked up in the last couple of months through the university job um, it's just working with you to look at any issues or anything you want to address in your life, whether it's your career or you know making decisions as mm. to potentially making a career change. Maybe it's that like, am I making the right decision? Yeah, like, how exactly. do I know? And yeah. I guess the answer is like, we never really know. Yeah, exactly. Part of it is trying and maybe failing and maybe succeeding. Yeah, and looking at what you've got now, what you want to achieve, what are your um, options for um, making some sort of change and then implementing those mm. and taking those away. Um, so that's what we kind of talk about in a coaching mm, session is amazing. is implementing that change. And you've walked that path yourself from being in a, a job that you knew wasn't right for you to travelling to then coming back here yeah. and now starting many ventures. <laughs> so how many things are you doing at the moment? So you're a, you're a, tut- a university tutor, yep. a yoga teacher, yep. a sound healer, yep. corporate wellbeing specialist. <laughs> Hopefully at some point, yeah. <laughs> Well, um, I'll give yeah, kind of wrapping it all up. So yeah, into into that. Yeah, but it's also connected, isn't it? I yeah, suppose like I, I the really work think that you're doing is. in the university will benefit and teach you so many lessons. I'm sure that yes. you can. Because I think it's also good to stay connected to how how like the nine to five is and how you know. Because for me, even this morning, like I taught Yin at seven fifteen, and then I just thought, like I'm just gonna go and sit in the sun for a bit, or oh. like you know, well we're here now, but it's just that way of like, oh wait, sorry, like you know, there's this world happening, yeah. which, you know, can be easy to, like, completely disconnect from. Yeah. Like, I completely did this morning. I just thought, like, I didn't even know what day it was for a moment. <laughs> I like, know. Yeah, you asked me what day it was. I didn't know. Uh, I, never, yeah. I never know what day it is, which is, like, I mean, usually I do know what day it is, actually. Yeah. But I think it's just this week I'm a bit all over the place. But, yeah, you have to, I think it's good to stay connected to, like, whatever, the you know, is happening in the corporate. Yeah, Because it's quite definitely. easy to, to teach a yoga class when you're feeling very chilled and, 
remember that other people don't have that perspective and other people have come from that crazy nine to five or have yeah. to run back for like a meeting which they absolutely can't miss because they'll be in trouble with their boss exactly you know? yeah um, and I saw that for you know years working in media as yeah. well and I was always the first person signing up for well-being things at, yeah. at the agency I work for and um that's why I've kind of hopefully gone in this route you know down this Share direction because yeah, yeah I can hopefully use the experiences I had um working in a more corporate job yeah. um with people in offices and in businesses now and I kind of understand what their working day might look like yeah. and you know there isn't always time to go to a nice yoga class at lunchtime definitely, and things like that definitely. So. so one thing I always ask people is based on that I suppose which it's not always possible to get an hour or two hours in of like self-care a day mm. so do you have any like daily rituals or things that kind of keep you or weekly or whatever it is like what is there something that gives you that like it can just be tiny that sense of like it's all gonna be okay or like a reminder to breathe or yeah I think yeah so meditation I mean I don't don't do it every day like when I first started it a couple of years ago I really needed it and needed it every day but mm. it really has a cumulative cumulative effect Definitely. um I think with meditation especially if it's in your daily life for a long time I actually don't necessarily do it for 20 minutes every day now I might just do it for five yeah because we've talked about this before haven't we that actually as well as yoga teachers um, you come out of yoga teacher training mm. and you've done 90 minutes like mm. two times a day mm. for like a month or yeah. whatever and then you come home you know we came back from India and we're like really pressure it I put myself under pressure to Definitely. do 90 minutes every day as self-practice and you know life gets in the way a little bit so another... my self-practice and all these things I was trying to do was making me far more stressed than if I just didn't do them at all yeah exactly and it took a long time for me to realize that actually what I need is just like 10 minutes in the morning and yeah. maybe then it's more yeah but if, if I just set myself up even just actually I did like this um Ashtanga training once with um David Swenson and he said all you need to do in the morning is roll out your yoga mat and that's like the one thing you need to do and then if you step onto the mat that's extra if yeah, you do one sun, sun salutation that's extra if you sit down and meditate for five ten minutes that's extra he said just every day roll out your yoga mat mm. and I think that's like the expectation we need to have with our day-to-day -day lives because things change and and you know it doesn't always happen as we want to happen yeah. and literally life gets in the way so yeah so even just yeah like you say 10 minutes that's what I try and do if I can't dedicate the time for a full hour mm. um of practice then I'll, I'll just do 10 minutes or you know what I'll just get up breathe you know do a little bit of pranayama mm. um just do some breath work and then maybe just do a couple of minutes of just some cat cows and some mm. stretches and stuff um it's just something that makes you move a little mm. bit so I think that's one of my rituals that helps is what's your moving. advice for someone who's working in and I'm sure lots of people are in offices, long hours, then having to socialise, probably having to drink, mm. you know, having been like, a, yeah, a word we could question. But you do feel the pressure to, yeah. you know, booze with clients and mm -hmm. colleagues. Yeah. So what would your advice be to someone who's like, I know I'm not okay, mm. but I don't have time and I need to do X, Y, Z. Like, do you have advice for that person? I guess I'd say um, really look at what, what you do every week that you enjoy mm. so yes you, part of your job might be you know going out with clients and and you know having to drink might feel mm. a bit I mean that's a whole other subject yeah isn't it? exactly it's sort exactly. of the, the peer pressure around having but to I've drink been, and things. you know we've both worked yeah. in London and there is a pressure yeah, that definitely. cannot be denied and it and it's very easy to say like oh you don't have to drink and you absolutely don't yeah. we all have that choice mm -hmm. but it's another thing when 
you want to make a sale or impress a client That's so and true. you know it's like oh do you want a beer I'm going to get a water or something yeah. it's just that it's an environment isn't yeah. it it's hard to escape from yeah and I can completely sympathize and empathize with people that it's hard to escape from yeah but so, obviously that's a massive driver isn't it exactly of, yeah but I guess for that person that would want that advice um and you know they feel like they can't get out of that or even they still might enjoy that element of their career and their life but they still want some sort of respite and they want some sort of yeah. um time to just um take to themselves and you know going back to what we just said about you know just 10 minutes a day to yourself um maybe just I'd say to that person um you know, look at one of the meditation apps or mm. mindfulness apps and implement that as a daily ritual into your yeah. life. I think those those morning rituals, evening rituals, whenever you might implement something that's just for you, and even if it's just for five or ten minutes a day, yeah. that makes you feel a little bit more connected with yourself and more grounded, and then you can go about your day in the way that you need to. Um, I think that's that's yeah. what I would probably say to I know two that I've used, a Headspace and One Giant Mind, and they're oh, both yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Have you tried One Giant Mind? I haven't tried that it's one. Great. Is it good? Yeah, yeah. Really Headspace great. is how I started. But yeah, I did as well with Headspace. Yeah. I re- it, Andy, isn't it? I really like Andy's voice. Yeah, his voice is so and soothing. One Giant Mind, I can't remember what his name is, but that one's great as well. And then there's some great ones. Um, I think it's Calm, and you can get people calm, to read stories yeah. and bedtime stories to you. The Have Stephen you? Fry one is amazing. God, I think I yeah. need that. And Insight Timer is another one. Uh-huh. I'll tag these all for people. Um, so how have you found it now then coming back? Obviously new ventures which you mm-hmm. want to be involved in, but lots of things going on, which yeah. could be equally as, but differently, but maybe equally as stressful in some ways. Yeah, they definitely can be. Yeah, it's kind of, I've kind of replaced one set of stress yeah. and, you know, feeling a bit burnt out with, not, not with another to the same extent. Yeah. And um, the fact that I feel like I'm so personally invested in this because it is my own venture on the intuition side of things. You know, I really want to make it work and I really want it's to just help people as well. It's a personal failure, not yeah. just like a career success exactly. or a career failure. Yeah, it's, you All know, how I'll potentially make money if I start consulting with businesses on their wellbeing programs, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, the personal investment into it and just something that I really care about for myself and sharing how I feel at the end of a meditation or a yoga class yeah. or you know if I, I've been to a you know a sound healing session or a sound bath myself and I know how it feels personally for oh, me I really yeah. just want to share that with other people yeah um so yeah I think that's that's what I'd amazing yeah, amazing what I'd so what would you say and again a question I'm asking everyone what do you think is like whole being to you what does that mean for you or what brings you that sense of whole being um, I think, I mean, going back to what we just said about, you know, doing lots of different ventures all at once. Um, yeah. Personally, for me at the moment, it's just finding some sort of balance. So, yes, I might be really busy doing about three jobs at once. Mm. <laughs> um, but, you know, really trying to find some balance in that. And whether it's, um, you know, you know, we can talk about nutrition and stuff because I have a couple of questions yeah, for you. Yeah. Um, but it's just balancing the foods we eat as well, isn't it? It's balancing the foods we eat. It's balancing how we go out about our day and, um, you know, work-life um, balance as well, um, whether it's balancing more of a slowed-down practice with more of a, you know, yeah. a faster yang practice, you know, that sort of yin-yang approach yeah. to yoga. Um, I think it's just, yeah, finding balance between the fast and the slow is, is what it means for sort of whole being for me because the fast is important, but the slow is also equally completely, as important. So completely. I think the balance of, 
of life is is sort of my finding that intuition yeah and finding that intuition yeah following it is um is something that i think is very powerful and it's something that i personally as well need to um teach myself more about like i feel like i've followed it in the past two years i've really followed my own intuition Mm. and i'd love to share that with more people as to how they might want to and that's how i might go about the coaching and I think the other thing for me that I found like, and I completely resonate with absolutely everything you've said. And I think like we're so on the same page, but the other thing for me is that our intuition and what works for us is almost like a moving target. Mm. Like one day, I don't know. I think just like life changes and we change with life. Mm. It's not, we aren't this static thing and obviously we're not static, but you know, I always talk about like seasons changing and light changing and days changing and what we're doing and how we're feeling but actually then what works for us as well like you know in the past when I felt really tired you know one thing might work but now I'm finding that that same thing doesn't quite work in the same way anymore and I think that's okay and it's constantly like re-evaluating as well adapting to it yeah yeah, and listening and flowing with it exactly (laughs) yeah and that's hard that's that's for me a really hard practice but actually I think that's also what is giving me like the most joy in lots of ways at the moment as well is just being able to listen and then just mm. kind of see what comes back and and be really open and accepting of what my body and mind and everything else wants and I think yeah that acceptance is yeah. is part of that as well isn't it and knowing that we can do whatever we want to do basically and yeah. we're not going to make everyone happy and we don't need to make everyone happy and no. that's like, and no- nothing stays the same for no, very long either yeah. so sort yeah. of move with it and find yourself being okay with that yeah yeah so do you feel kind of settled back in Manchester now yes yeah. definitely yeah I love being back. back home yeah it's so lovely and yeah I guess one thing I mean I've said it to a few of the yoga teachers I've met since I got back because it's kind of I've come back after sort of seven years away, yeah. new career, new you know kind new of everything. direction, and yeah. then I'm meeting so many new people, and the sort of yoga teacher community of Manchester has been so welcoming and lovely it to be part wonderful. of, and it's such a nice community to be part of yeah. as 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 a new person within it as well, yeah. coming back to it. Yeah. coming back to a city that I am from but a completely new community I didn't yeah. even expect it when I went traveling a year ago or when I was traveling a year ago I wasn't expecting to come back to a whole community of people yeah. I was potentially thinking oh I'll just go back to a very similar community to what I was in yeah. in, in London which is like the media and advertising yeah. sort of world but well really we both moved here at, you know a similar sort yeah. of time and actually I found the same thing and it just feels like it feels so it, it really does feel like almost like home straight away because mm-hmm. there's such a a welcoming sense amongst like all the and, and maybe it's because it's smaller as well compared to london yeah but the way like people know each other and everyone's like connected yeah. and, and connecting as well like putting other people in touch with other people and yeah. stuff so it's really lovely yeah it's great so what are these nutrition questions let's um so i would love to know so going back to sort of balance yeah. and that what you know whole health feels like to me is is finding that balance in life definitely and um I feel like as um you know I feel very in touch with my body but there's always once a month um you know around the period that I feel really imbalanced and I almost get you know obviously we get all those feelings but I, I I feel with 
um, around this time of the month that I don't really know if I'm eating the right foods mm. and things. Like, do I change my diet sort of to adapt to how I'm feeling yeah. at this time of the month? You know, so that was my question was, should we be um, eating certain foods around yeah. around sort of this part of our menstrual cycle? So I think there, there's loads of books and, and I guess like, how's the best way to say it? Like... Um, theories I suppose about you know eating for your cycle and stuff like that I don't really go down that route so much um generally what I would say to people is if you're struggling from PMS so Mm -hmm. whether that's um but also like cramps and stuff during your period so basically any like what you can see as like clear hormonal imbalances yeah um there's definitely some things which are going to exacerbate that so sugar Mm -hmm. coffee Possibly dairy, the kind of jury's out a little bit, but I've definitely had it with clients when dairy's been reduced, you know, um, so too does like PMS symptoms as well. So yeah, sugar, caffeine, sleep is so important. Um, And actually all of those things, sleep, stress and caffeine kind of all, and sugar in fact, all kind of come together in this like, like ugly roller coaster for hormones mm. so i think if you're struggling with hormonal imbalances there's then like more specific things but generally i would say yeah look at the amount of sleep you're getting the whole way through your cycle look at the amount of stress you're under the whole way through your cycle how you're managing that what time you're taking out sugar consumption and possibly caffeine consumption could make it worse okay. um so caffeine better to have it at times when our cortisol is naturally higher so earlier on in the morning compared to later on the evening when we should be on a natural like okay, dip yeah um and also trying to get to sleep but regardless of that like our circadian rhythm our like internal body clock is kind of on the way down in the evening um dairy possibly um and then depending on like what you're experiencing so cramps and pain could be to do with um magnesium deficiency maybe mm-hmm. um especially if there's stress involved magnesium could play a part um and then there's potentially other vitamin deficiencies as well going on potentially again like without speaking to each individual hard to say yeah but there could be iron or maybe b vitamin deficiency um like and I've said before and I'll say again I just don't believe mother nature gave women periods to bend us over and like give us awful period pains and cramps and have to go to bed and be in agony and eat like I think the eating thing's slightly different like there's like I think naturally we are a bit hungrier and I think it's absolutely okay to listen to that and be aware that you know some days you're going to be hungrier and Mm. some days you're not and some days you're going to want chocolate but if it's like to the point where it's like I literally need to eat the house and I'm not full or I just need to eat chocolate for like three weeks and then I've got my period and then you know whatever I think it's just being aware of like is this maybe too much is this just a little bit oh it's just a day or it's just two days where I want a bit more chocolate but if it's lasting a long time again could symbolize definitely some imbalances yeah so I think it's for me just I think for women maybe we focus on the period because it is that one bit of the month and it's a really again like potentially stark contrast between Mm. like 26 days when you know we should we should feel okay then two days a month where it's like oh my god i'm suddenly in agony or whatever but generally throughout the month why are we just waiting for our period like we should be thinking about it the whole way through our month you know um again it's kind of like something danny and i talked about with like 
bulking and then getting lean and for yeah. summer and all this sort of stuff it's like we should be doing it 365 days of the year finding balance or yeah. like thinking about our stress and our sleep the whole way through the month and maybe it's just really like flares up and shows like it's like getting like a spot on your face basically it's like so obvious for those like two days yeah but potentially there's something underneath brewing that's like slightly imbalanced the yeah. whole way through the month and you can so. nourish yourself throughout the month yeah exactly yeah. so you should start from like day one of your cycle mm. and yeah you know I've, and i've not done too much research into these different books of like eating for your cycle and there may be something to that and mm. you know look into that if you're interested for sure don't don't just take me saying i'm not that's not something i follow but for me it's more about like yeah some days you're going to want chocolate more than others I think that's okay you yeah. shouldn't have these cravings every single day for sure and uh, there's a difference between a craving and like oh I fancy a bit of this you yeah. know um we all know like the difference really but yeah we should be thinking about balance I think a lot mm-hmm. more throughout the whole month and I think as women it's like oh my god it's now my cycle and da, 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 this has happened yeah but I'm definitely guilty of that I think yeah I think it's easy to fall into that mm. trap um but yeah it's like yeah, it's like a dog isn't just for Christmas. And, like, you know, we have to like, <laughs> yeah. look after our bodies like every single day. <laughs> yeah. Not just think about the few days before our period. We can't be that reactive. Yeah. It's better for me almost like get through the period and then start from day one and then be proactive from day one. When yeah. you're, you know, your period's finished, you wake up, you're like, oh, finally it's gone. Start from that day mm. and think, you know, how can I find a bit more balance? Do I need to like add a smoothie or do I need to drink a little bit less coffee or do I need to make an effort to get to bed earlier? And, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's loads of things that also feed in there. So the amount we go into the toilet, like excretion is extremely important. Mm. So having a bowel movement every day for hormonal balance is so important because we remove hormones in our poo basically. Yeah. And wow. if you aren't going to the toilet, if you're constipated, potentially there's hormones which are then being recirculated into the body. So I would also say if someone's experiencing hormonal imbalances and potentially constipation as Mm. well or not going to the toilet every single day, which really we want to go to the toilet at least once a day, Mm -hmm. um, then potentially there's estrogen hormones being recirculated into the body. So that would definitely be something to look at as well, which is then, you know, water, fibre. Uh, vegetables fruits all those sorts of things really come in as well so it is just the entire month you just look at it completely yeah exactly because then if you're like constipated from like day one of your cycle to 14 yeah then you're gonna have a potentially quite a lot of um and and by constipation by the way it's not even like oh it's been days and days and days like for me if you're not going to the toilet every single day there is a hint of constipation Mm. like as a practitioner i want to see someone going to the toilet at least once a day yeah um, it's so important it's like take it, it's like literally the waste disposal mm. unit of the body yeah it's so important and um, we really underestimate i think and don't again that's another thing we don't talk about much but we don't give ourselves time to like sit down and like go to the toilet yeah you know it's like i've got one second and then i've got to be back in a meeting or yeah. like oh i need to have a coffee to like you know get things moving or whatever mm-hmm. like you know but we don't give ourselves these time like not that I'm saying people need to like slot in like a half an hour like poo stop (laughs) but like essentially we should really be thinking about that daily ritual honestly yeah like have a cup of tea and then just spend 10 minutes in the toilet by yourself like (laughs) I don't know but it's so important it's so important um so yes I hope that long-windedly answered the question it very did it very much did yeah um but (laughs) yeah well thank you Jenny thank you so much thank you it's been a pleasure I hope we can collaborate and do some 
gonging and sound healing and yoga <laughs> and meditationing and nutritioning. I think so. I definitely so, think we should. Yeah. Well, let's go out into that sun. It's a blue sky. Yay. I think we've earned some coffee. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, Rachel.